and welcome back to the show. So if you're not aware, uh, I am still in Colorado, Breckenridge to be exact, and I am just coming back from the dog park with the girls, which is so much fun. Uh, I take them out, uh, I guess, every pre-evening, so like late afternoon, early evening before dinner, ironically, what keeps happening is, you know, this is our third time coming here. So uh, we meet up with other dog park mom um, and dads. And it's just so much fun. We don't even have to communicate or anything. We just show up and our dogs hang out. They run around. We chat. It's just so much fun. And we get to be in like the most beautiful surroundings. So it's been a lot of fun and we're very blessed to be here. We are still house hunting. If you didn't know this, we have been house hunting for a place here since, well, I guess like early winter. So like end of November, December. Now looking back on it, that was like the craziest time to start house hunting. Things were above market value, like going within like an hour of being posted online, which was really crazy. This one house we really, really, really loved went on the market within an hour, was gone to later find out it was actually someone in the realtor's office who ended up taking the house. So, I mean, the most competitive I've ever seen the housing market in my life. So we do have a new realtor. Uh, she's really, really great. There just hasn't been anything posted on the market that we absolutely love and we don't want to settle. We don't want to just get something to get something. Uh, so even if it takes us until like next year, we end up renting again, it's totally fine. Uh, it's definitely worth the wait. Oh, and the one thing that we definitely don't want to settle on is being outside of town. We love being able to just like open the door, walk out, walk a few blocks to be able to get into town, to get coffee, to get dinner, to really get whatever we want. That's how we live in Philadelphia. We literally walk out of the house and we're basically like a block from the city. So that's definitely not something that we're looking to settle on. So what I really, really can't wait to talk to you guys about today is one of the fears that holds us back from starting a business or even in a new industry, a new career, maybe even just a new job, or maybe even changing majors in school, uh, is the fact that we might not be good at what we do or good at what we're offering. And that we have to deal with the consequences of disappointing a customer, a client, a teacher, a coach, even your family. When you're working for a large corporation, you have a cushion of support when dealing with an angry or dissatisfied customer. You have your supervisor, manager, regional manager, department head. Uh, but when you're running your own business, it's just you. And the fact that you might not be absolutely out of this world perfect at what you're offering might hold you back. Personally, for me, I think this stems from childhood of always wanting to please others, never wanting to cause anyone to be upset, 
So what I would do is I would withhold information or focus on positives while ignoring like any issues that I knew would come up later. But for the moment, I wasn't going to get in trouble. Does this sound like something that you guys are doing with customers or your clients? Basically avoiding just getting in trouble or avoiding just getting yelled at? I've worked in the service industry for a very long time. Uh, I started as a cashier at my local grocery store at 16. So that's going to teach you to talk to so many different kinds of people, deal with so many different types of personalities. Fast forward to many years later to when I first started dog walking and not knowing how to run a business at all. I made tons and tons and tons of mistakes. But the best part about making mistakes is that we created systems and policies in place to hold ourselves and our clients accountable. So I really wanted to share like a few steps to overcoming a dissatisfied customer because when we're trying to do something for the first time, it can become super overwhelming and Sometimes, and and I've seen this a lot in the past year, sometimes we just end up ghosting people. Have you ever done that? Just like ghosted a client or a customer just because you were just like, oh, well, here's a refund. Bye. See ya. So we really want to mitigate that from happening. And we really want to focus on finding the right clients and even breaking up with the wrong ones. So here are a few steps to overcoming disgruntled, dissatisfied, angry, even overly emotional customers and clients. So number one is take responsibility. And you may not love this one. No one likes to be wrong, but it's key to being able to see both sides of a situation. Being wrong isn't fun, but you can learn so much from it. Number two, don't react. For most of us, the first thing we do when we receive an upsetting email or message is to jump into reaction mode. Start writing paragraphs of explaining why this happened or drone on, you know, and I've received emails like this as a client where people just like drone on on how it wasn't their fault. This is not the way to go. Like I said, start with number one. If there is a mistake that you made, even if it's a small one, take responsibility. Number two, don't react. Number three, remove the drama. So what I mean about removing the drama, I mean remove the emotion out of it. So take a beat, create a game plan of how you'll prevent this from happening before you react to the email, the message, the phone call. People don't care how something happened. They want recognition, like an apology, and they want to know that it won't happen again. So after you've created a game plan and fixed the systems of how it won't happen again, you can honestly go back to them and say, they were right and thank them for their patience. And this is what we have in place so that doesn't happen again. That's all people really want. Number four, stick to the facts. As you collect enough mistakes, like as you experience enough mistakes, you could create policies around how your business works. For a very simple example, we have business hours, like the daycare. Club Fetch has business hours. And if a client messages us after business hours, they receive an automatic 
email response stating that it's outside of business hours and someone will get back to them by the next day. Now, to you, this might not sound like a big deal, but for me, four years ago, not only could people reach me personally on my cell phone, they would text me at all hours of the night. So I wasn't sleeping and I was super stressed out. So this lovely example of sticking to the facts, like if you, if we ended up getting a client that was super upset because we didn't answer their message at, I don't know, 10 p.m., 1 a.m. in the morning, and they get this automatic email saying, it's outside of business hours and we'll get back to you the you know the following day and if they're mad about that we stick to the facts and we also have in our policies by the way that this very exact thing that we will not respond outside of business hours until the following day so again this is a lovely example to show you that you have the power to create change and adjust as your business grows. So I hope these four steps helped. Um, If you're looking to actually like go through your client list and you're looking to start breaking up with clients because we outgrow clients all the time and you don't have to feel guilty about it. And to be honest, when it is a relationship between you and your client, and if you're not feeling it, neither are they. So sometimes you get stuck in this, you know, provider-client relationship when it doesn't feel good for either of you, but no one wants to say anything. So I actually have these pre-typed out, like, plug-and-play templates. They're called guilt-free breakup templates, and they're emails. And it's amazing. I, I use them all the time for the daycare as well. We create new ones and, you know, you can adjust it to your own voice and you can plug in like the specific situation. And when you break up with a client, it doesn't have to be this big negative situation. You can actually break up with a client and they can feel relief in thinking like, oh, you know what? This provider no longer provides this type of service for me anymore. And this is why they're telling me that they're no longer a good fit. You always want to make it a positive outcome for the client. Um, now I do <laughs> I do have a disclaimer that, you know, we have broken up with clients who are, you know, who don't who don't really get it and they don't take no for an answer. But I'm going to say 89% of the time, these emails work out perfectly. So if you're looking and you're very curious, please DM me or you can go onto my Instagram, go to the link in the bio. Uh, You could go and find email templates and you can find emails to break up with long-term clients that you've had a long-term relationship for, new clients. We break up with new clients all the time. We say, listen, you're not a good fit. Um, and then we also have breakup emails for promotions, people who that, that keep out that want you to be on their podcast that you don't really think is a good fit for your brand for whatever reason. We have emails for that too. So please go and check those out. I am going to go get back to my life in Breckenridge. Um, next week, we're going to have a great 
episode around generational success. So have a wonderful, wonderful day. Please go into the show notes to find my Instagram handle at I am Nicole Requina. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.